Would you go to James, please, the fourth chapter? Turn there with me. James 4. For the last uh, several weeks, we have been on the subject of submission and authority. Not just submission, not just authority. We're talking about both, submission and authority. And this has been our main text, and let's look at it again, James 4, 6. It says, but he gives more grace. Wherefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace unto the humble. So which do you want to be? Proud or humble? You know, pride is accepted in our culture. It's something that is even, you know, people think highly of it. People say, well, you got to have some pride, you know. And some people say, well, I've lost everything. I got to keep my pride. You know what I'm talking about? Have you heard talk like this? I'm proud to be this. I'm proud to be that. I'm proud of our kids. We're proud of our job. We're proud, proud, proud. Should we be? Is it okay to be proud? That's a little weak. You do know what I'm talking about. This is interwoven in our culture and in our society. But is it okay? Is there anything redeeming or good about pride? Absolutely not. Pride is a big part of the nature of the devil himself. And it goes before destruction. And it causes God to resist you. It is one of the worst things you or I could operate in. We ought to learn the difference between pride and honor. Right? Honor. Between being proud and being thankful. Between being proud and being honored. Blessed. Showing respect. They're not the same thing. So uh, years ago, the Lord helped me to see this. I've shared this with you. But as a teenager, reading the Bible, I read Numbers 12.3. I had begun in Genesis. <laughs> And I had only got to Numbers. And I read uh, Numbers twelve three. It says, Now the man Moses was meek above all the men that were on the face of the earth. And I was sitting in a chair and I remember it to this day. The Lord spoke to my heart. I don't mean I heard a voice, but inside me. The thoughts came up to my mind. I knew it was him. He said, uh, Did you notice Moses was the meekest man in his generation? I thought, well, yeah, yeah, that's what he said. He said, did you also realize he was the most used man of me in his generation? And I got it. It stuck in my spirit. It burned in me. And I realized the most used of God are the most humble. Can you see this right here? What do the humble get? Well, being used of God is being graced of God. I mean, if we're able to reach more people, if we're able to have more miracles and more people saved and more people set free, it won't be because we've worked so hard. It's not just works. And it's not because we're smarter or we're this or that. It would be by the grace of God. Is that right? Well, who gets the grace? 
Who gets more grace? The more humble. The more me. So man, I began as a teenager in my late teens. I got on a quest. I want to find out what pride is and get it out of me. And I want to find out what humility is. And I want to grow in it. And over the next several years, and particularly when I, Phyllis and I went to Bible school, man, the Lord really began to talk to me about it then and teach me. Saying It seemed like for years that every week or so he was showing me something new about pride and humility. And I found out it wasn't what I thought it was at all. And to this day, I'm learning and growing in it every day. And there's no question in my mind to any measure that the Lord has been able to use us. It was to the measure we were able to get rid of some pride and humble ourselves and get grace. Are you with me? Are you interested in getting rid of pride and growing in grace, growing in humility? Now, this flows right into the next verse. What does it say? What does it say? Submit. Everybody say submit. Say it again. Submit. Submit. Is that a good word? It's a Bible word. It's a good word. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. How many understand resist means don't submit? Now, what about if you said resist God? Uh Uh-uh. Don't resist God. Do what? Submit to him. Can you see we're talking about opposites here? Resisting is the very opposite of submission. Do you see it? Resisting is the opposite of submitting. Submitting means to yield to. To give place to. Which is the very opposite of resisting. Submission says, yes I will. What does rebellion and pride resistance say? No, I won't. Resisting. Would people say, no, I won't to God? Oh, it happens every day, all the time. Is it costly? Well, what happens? See, what we're talking about is sowing and reaping here. If you resist God in your pride, what did he say he does with the proud? He resists them. And so he's not gracing the proud. He's not helping the proud. He himself is resisting those who don't submit to him. But if you'll submit yourself to God, don't resist him. Don't be proud. Don't harden your neck. Don't stiffen yourself. When it comes to God, we must learn. He is the creator. He is the almighty on the throne, creator of heavens and earth. Right? And we should be quick to bow a knee. We should be quick to bow our head, to put our nose in the carpet. Right? And admit and uh, acknowledge that He is our Lord and our God. He is above us. We are under Him. Concerning salvation, how do you get born again? You, You believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead. What else do you do? You confess with your mouth that what? Not just anything, but that Jesus is Lord. Who's Lord? 
You're, you're saying when the person confessing is, the, see the word confess means acknowledge. Among other things. You're acknowledging I am not my own Lord anymore. I don't run my life anymore. I died. I was crucified with Christ. I died and my life is now hid in God, in Him, with Him. He's my Lord. I don't do what I want to do anymore. I do what He wants me to do. How many know that's easier to say than to live? But you can by the grace of God. Say it out loud. Jesus is my Lord. I'm not my own Lord. I don't do what I want to do. I don't go where I want to go. I don't stay where I want to stay. I do what my Lord says. I submit to Him. I yield to Him. So then He says, submit yourself Therefore, unto God, and what comes next? Resist the devil. So I'm not yielding to the devil. I'm yielding to God now. Now I'm in a position where the devil has to yield to me. Oh, don't you want to be in a position where you walk in authority in the name of Jesus? And where you can boldly say, no, not in my house you don't. I bind you up. I shut you down in Jesus' name. I forbid this. And the devil has to back out. He has to flee. Run. Right? But what if you're full of pride and rebellion? You're stiff-necked. You're hard-headed. You won't do what the Lord tells you to do. Are you in a position to resist the devil and him flee from you? No, you're yielding to him. You try to get him to yield to you, he's going to laugh at you. He's going to say, what? You yielded to me all day. Now I'm supposed to hop when you say hop? Do you see what I'm saying? Let's read through it again. He gives more grace. He says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Now we went into this in some detail. This shows pride or humility. This shows submission or resistance. Who comes to whom? One reason why there's so much talk about pride in our society is it's not just talk. It really is there. And People, you know, it's the nature of the flesh anyway. So if it is fed, it just increases. And so many are so filled with pride. And I don't bend to anybody. And I am nobody's servant. I ain't nobody's slave. I'm my own man. Well, then you're not God's man. This is a free country. I do what I want. Nobody tells me what to do. I do what I want. And it's sad. God has set a structure of authority. There's rank among the angels. The Bible said Jesus himself submits to the Father. And he has set in the church as it has pleased him. First, second, third. 
doesn't make one person intrinsically better than another. It just has to do with the place of God. Now, go with me, if you would, to 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, and let's get into something else today. 1 Thessalonians 5. Are you believing God with me? I'm excited about this. I believe Revelation is coming out today. He said, verse 12, 1 Thessalonians 5, 12, We beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. Now, he said, first of all, to do what? Know them. What does that mean? Well, you have to, you know, who are you supposed to submit to? Who is over you in the Lord? There are all kind of Christians that have no answer for that question. Oh, uh, God. God. <laughs> I don't submit to any man. I don't obey any man-made rules. You ever heard that? I submit to God, not man. Well, they're ignorant. Did you hear me? Turn to 1 Peter. Hold your place there in 1 Thessalonians. I'm not through with that. 1 Peter. A reminder. The second chapter. 1 Peter 2. 13. I want you to see how opposite this is of what people quote. 1 Peter 2. 13. What does it say? Submit yourselves to what? Every ordinance of man, of what? Of man, and you do it for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme or to governors, and he goes on down the line. Is that man's rules? Well, no, back up. Ordinance of man. Ordinances. What does that mean? Man's rules, man's laws, man's things. Did he tell you to submit to them? Yeah. Well, what about these folks who said, I don't obey any man-made rules. I don't obey man's rules. I don't obey man. Ignorant of the Bible. God has ordained that there be a structure of authority. Now, uh, if everybody, this is the one big if too, if everybody was a hundred percent led by the Spirit all the time, you wouldn't need any rules. We wouldn't have to tell y'all we're having a special service. Everybody'd pick it up and be here. We wouldn't have to say, you know, don't bring five hot dogs in here. Because <laughs> you'd know in your spirit not to. And you'd pay attention. We wouldn't have to say, don't do this, do this, do the other. Don't park here. Don't get in front of these people. Don't do that. Don't say this. You wouldn't have, if everybody was led by the Spirit all the time, you wouldn't need any of that. But guess what? They're not. And there's a whole lot of folk that are rarely led by the Spirit. 
They're led by their appetite. They're led by their feelings. They're led by their experiences and what they think and all kind of other unscriptural, unbiblical stuff. And so it's like children. How many understand children need parents? They don't realize how much they need parents. But they need parents. Why? So much of it has to do with what they don't know that they don't know. Right? Think about a two-year-old, a three-year-old, a four-year-old, what they don't know that they don't know. (laughs) So God has placed individuals over them, hasn't he? And not just so mom and dad can lord it over the children, but for the children's protection and for the children's benefit. Oh, did you hear these words now? And what people, I'm getting into something rich here today. What people have not realized is by bucking against what God has ordained, they are cutting off their benefits. They're cutting off their help. And their protection. Oh, do you see it? Are you listening? I don't submit to any man. Look back at 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians 5. Let's finish reading it. Know them which labor among you. Now, good leaders labor. A lazy leader is not a good leader. Hmm? Good leaders work. Somebody says, well, but I'm retired. Ain't no such thing as retiring from the kingdom of God. (laughs) Unless you breathe your last or the trumpet sounds. Till then, you work, everybody. I don't care if you're 109, you work. Everybody, everybody works. Everybody, everybody. It's supposed to be working in the kingdom of God. Well, some folk didn't like that. I worked hard for 40 years, Brother Keith. I'm retired and I'm just going to enjoy my retirement. Yeah, and when you get out of this body and you enter into heaven and we're all getting our rewards, you're going to wish you'd paid more attention. You were not sent down here just to make a living or just to raise a family. We are here to make our contribution to the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. And part of that can be through your family. And part of it can be through your job. But that's not all of it. You need to be on the lookout, I, you, for the opportunities to use the graces and gifts and abilities and material things that God's put in our hands to advance the kingdom every day, every night, because this is so short. Oh, guys, it is so short. Just a few more breaths and we're all going to be in heaven. Oh, we're, we're that far from it. It's so close. And people in this life, they get up, they get dressed, they go to work, they come back, they eat supper, they go to bed, they get up, they get dressed, they go to work, and they come back, and they think it's going to be like that forever. It's not. It's not. And all the stuff we did that was just what we wanted to do and just in the flesh, it's going to be consumed. It's not going to mean a thing. Only what we did to help people. Only what we did that made a difference in the kingdom. 
Can you say amen? So let me say it again. Everybody works. Everybody. Then I suppose, you know, uh, we had our uh, service team banquet uh, just a few days ago. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. And I was so glad and so blessed to see it. Because, you know, we've talked about it a lot. The Lord put it in our heart strong. This is not supposed to be a church where a handful of people do all the work and 98% come and sit and say hallelujah and go home. We're supposed to be developing in our service teams. And we're not supposed to see how few people can be involved. Everybody is supposed to be doing something and working. Well, not everybody likes that. Well, you know, you got two basic different kind of churches. You do. You got people who go to church because they want something. And you got people who go to church because they want to give something. They want to serve God. And this is the latter kind of church. (laughs) The great thing about it is when you sow, what happens after you? You reap. But you don't just think about, I'm here to get. You're here to sow. You're here to sow. And we've already talked about this. Somebody said, well, I signed up on something two years ago. Well, whoop-de-doo. You're supposed to continually make yourself available to the Lord. Are you with me? And see, what we run into here is pride. And that's why things have become so warped in so many denominations and so many churches. And why so many ministers have been reduced to hirelings. And churches change pastors every year or two, whether they need to or not. Just keep things fresh, you know. And if a preacher don't do what they want him to do, man, they fire him. They hire him and fire And because of that, uh, preachers feel pressure to be politicians. And to not offend people and to try to keep everybody happy with them and liking them. And that interferes with them obeying God. You see what I'm saying? When God intended that the pastors be the daddy and the mama of the church. Not a democracy. How many know at your house you ain't supposed to vote on everything? No, they're supposed to be ahead of the family. And even between elder child and younger child, there's a difference in place. The Bible said the younger are to submit to the elder and we're to submit to those that are over us in the Lord. Can you see this now? And why? Just so we can be rigid and military-like? No, it's the plan of God and within it is grace and protection and provision and so many benefits that this rebellious society has lost. There's protection. Now, uh, what did the first thing he say here in 1 Thessalonians? To do what with those that are over you? You're supposed to know who they are. You ought to be able to sit down and write down some names of people that you know God has put in a place of authority. It doesn't mean that they're smarter than you or better than you. Uh, it just means God put them in that place. And even though you might not respect everything they say or do, you must respect that place. Or else you don't respect what God has done. 
What else did he say? Verse 13, do what? Esteem them, what? Very highly in love for their works, not for their flesh's sake. Not because flesh, but for their works sake, the work that God called them to, anointed them to do, graced them to do. And again, here you see work. Right? Not lazy, do-nothing leaders, working leaders. Working leaders. Everything produces after its own kind. Lazy leaders, lazy people. Disrespectful leaders, disrespectful people. Poverty, poor mouth uh, leader, poverty, poor mouth people. Is it true? Everything. That includes your kids. Everything produces after its own kind. As parents, have you ever looked at something in your kids and go, where did that come from? (laughs) And then you had to go, oh, uh uh-oh. Listen, the only way to keep from passing something down to your kids, the only way is to get it out of you. That's the only way. You think you hide it, but you look up one day and there it'll be. And don't even think about telling them, don't do what I do. <laughs> now, this is bad for you. Don't do this. <laughs> Soon as they get out of sight, they're going to do it. Especially if they have any respect for you. Because they want to be like you. And if you think it's cool, then they think it's cool. Yeah. Even if they don't say so. They try to act like they don't care around you. But then they get off and try to do it. Whatever leader it is, everything produces after its own kind. The scripture said, like prophet, like priest, like people. And so the only way to keep from transferring it to somebody else is what? Get it out of you. That's the only way. Don't think you can hide it, because you can't. Because it's not just natural, it's spiritual. Even though you might do a good job of hiding it on the outside, spiritually, you can't keep it from happening. So what's the solution? If you don't want it in your kids, believe God and get it out of you. Simple. And he can and you can. He said, esteem them very highly in love for their works. Now I want you to see this next phrase. Here are results of doing this. What does it say? And, actually the word and's not there. It's in italics. Be at peace among yourselves. One reason there's so much turmoil in homes, so much unrest, is because there's no structure. There's no, the head is not being the head, and the helpers are not being the helpers. And so there's turmoil. And one reason so many churches are just, you know, they're just ready to split and fragment over any little thing. There's no strong leadership, and there's no leading, there's no authority, there's no submission. Is there a benefit? To doing things the way the Lord said so. Here's one big one. What is it? Peace. Peace. Don't you like peace? We've had so many visitors. Visiting ministers and visitors of all kinds. Come and say. Oh brother Keith. Y'all's place is so wonderful. Oh man. I tell you I pulled on the parking lot. I just sensed the presence of God. And the people just are full of love. And I just enjoyed it so much. Would it be the same if we're all fighting at each other? 
If there's all these power struggles going on, on everything, and if you'd already changed pastors a dozen times, (laughs) the more we can do it God's way, the more what? Peace. Peace we can have. Go to Hebrews, please. 13th chapter. Hebrews 13. Now I'll just tell you, the further we go into this, rebellious people don't like this kind of teaching and preaching. They don't like it. People who don't want to change. Did you hear me? People whose heart's right recognize God. And even if they've missed it, they say, oh, no, no, that's right. I want that. Lord, help me. Right? And those are the people who get grace. What happens if you harden yourself and resist it? Then you get resisted. That's a bad thing because you're not being graced. You're not being helped. You're on your own. And you're bucking against God. That's a bad, bad thing. What if you can humble yourself? How many, if you're wrong, you want to see it? Do you? Well, if you got any wisdom at all, you do. Say it out loud, Lord. What I don't know, show me. What I've not understood, reveal it to me. Wherein I've been wrong, show me. I'll repent by your grace. I'll accept it and I'll change. Hallelujah. Yes. Oh, man. Some of the greatest victories in your life come when you repent. Did you know that? Did you know repentance is a gift? It's a gift from God. People look at repentance as a negative thing. People, have you ever seen people flare up? What do you mean repent? What do you think I've done? It ain't what we think. It's what you know between you and God. But the Bible talks about in Timothy praying for people that God would grant them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth that they might recover themselves out of the snare of the enemy. Did you know no matter how terrible the bondage is, you can get free without outside human help? You can repent, but did you notice, grant them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. You have to admit it. Call sin, sin. And admit where you've messed up. How many remember 1 John 1, 9? Huh? Oh, come on now. Surely more people know 1 John 1, 9. What's 1 John 1, 9 say? Huh? If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And what? And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But now there's an if. It starts off with if. If. How many know what if means? If you do, it does. If you don't, it doesn't. If what? If what? Go over it again slowly. If what? If we what? If we what? What does confess mean? Acknowledge. Some people might say admit. Acknowledge. The scripture says in Proverbs, 
that if you hide and cover your sin, you will not prosper. But if you'll confess it and forsake it, you get mercy. Oh, did you hear that? And so, you know, that has been diluted in uh, modern times. And you hear people say, well, I don't know. You know, if I missed it, whatever. Okay, if I did, forgive me. There's no repentance. Did you hear that? People do that with God. I don't know God. What? What do you want? And so people think, well, God knows where I am. If he wants to talk to me about something, he can come to me. And they feel the same way about their leaders and about everybody. Well, they know where I am if they want to tell me something. What is that? Can you sense the spirit of that? Oh, that's defiance. That's resistance. That's pride. Right? Who's supposed to draw near to whom? Remember we talked about Moses and Dathan and Korah and those guys. And what they say? We won't come. No, we won't. That was right before they got swallowed up by the famous bad last words. <laughs> no, we're supposed to, if we think something's not right, we're supposed to go to him. The lesser is supposed to come to the greater. Right? And submit yourself and make yourself available to be corrected and to be changed. And say, Lord, have mercy. And when you see it, you don't play word games. You do what? You What does confess mean? You acknowledge, I did it. It's sin. I judge myself. No excuses. No blame game. Well, yeah, but you know, they didn't help me. And so and so is as much to blame as me. And, and so is. No, you look it in the eye. And you say, I did it. It's sin. I acknowledge it. I confess it. Then you ask him to forgive you. And what the Bible say? He is faithful. He is just. See, you get mercy now. Oh, can you see this? You get Because you have humbled yourself. Oh, do you see it? Every one of us have been here. Right? To say none of us, uh, somebody hadn't really been here. I mean, you're trying to say you haven't sinned. Everybody has sinned and missed it. So to get past it, what do you have to do? Confess it. Confess it. Acknowledge it. Admit it. Call sin, sin. Own up to it. Be a man. Be a woman. Right? Come up to God. Say, God, I... You know, in the military, sometimes they'll tell you three correct responses to something. Yes, sir. No, sir. No excuse, sir. Don't need no bunch of talk, no bunch of explanation. What? Why'd you do it? Uh, dumb. Fleshy. Weak. Hmm? Take full responsibility for it. Look it right in the eye. Are you with me now? Now you, you do this with God, obviously. But you do this with people too. Now, are you with me in Hebrews 13? Read this. He said, verse 7, remember them. Now that's similar to saying know them, isn't it? Know them, know who they are, and don't forget them. Remember them that have the rule over you who have spoken to you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. 
Now, uh, skip on down to verse 17. Obey them that have the rule over you. What does that mean? (laughs) Huh? See, people don't like that word, do they? Do they? People don't like the word submit. It's been taken out of all. It's been taken out of wedding vows. Obey's been taken out. Right? It's been taken out of different commitments and places. Because we, you know, obey. Huh. Obey? What part of you don't like that? Submit. Obey. And your flesh goes, yeah. (laughs) And immature, foolish Christians like to say, well, now I'll obey God. Because see, who knows whether you do or not? Oh, that's convenient now, isn't it? I submit to God, not man. Well, the the Lord told you to submit to man. So how are you submitting to him? And he told you to submit to those over you and you're not doing it. Then you're not submitting to him. Well, we're having fun today, aren't we? Some things don't make you shout too much at the time. Oh, but if you do them. Oh, if you do them. What I'm endeavoring to to say, and I believe the Spirit of God is using us to say today. There is a whole dimension. A whole world of grace, benefits, help, protection, strength to those willing to submit. The humble get grace. Do we know what it means to get grace? What do you need when you've hit the bottom? Huh? What, when you can't fix it, when you can't get up by yourself, when nobody you know can fix it, what do you need? When if you get what you deserve, you're going to be judged. What do you want? What do you need? You need grace. You need grace. Think about somebody like Peter. All of us can identify. Stood out there, cursed about Jesus. Denied, ran, but a few chapters later, standing there, leading the church's advancement, preaching like a house of fire, thousands getting saved. How? How? You look at him, holding on to the post, crying like a whip pup, miserable. And now you look at him, leading, leading the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, thousands coming in a day. What's the difference? What's the difference? What's the difference? Grace. 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 Who gets the grace? Humble. The submissive. The obedient. Keep reading this. Obey them. Is that good or bad? Obey them that have the rule over you. And submit yourselves. You know. As ministers, this is one of the most frustrating things in ministry. There have been numerous times when the Lord has directed me to tell individuals things. Wasn't some bizarre thing, it was in the Word. And there's something He directed me, you ought to do this. And uh, they wouldn't do it. 
And you know in your spirit, we're talking about, they don't realize it, but they're at a juncture. This way goes to life and blessing. This way goes to curse and destruction. And I've come back, there have been times I've prayed all night long before I talked to somebody. And the Lord showed me what to say and what to do. And they refused it. It just, it made your heart ache because you knew it's going to cost. It's going to cost. How many remember Samuel? God used him to anoint Saul. You remember that? And I mean, God shook the nation. He destroyed their enemies. He did amazing things. But then Saul, you know, he started out bashful. You remember that? When they got ready to crown him, they couldn't find him. He was hid under some stuff. They had to go dig him out of the bags. That didn't last long. He got haughty. He's the king. Now he can do what he wants to. And he defied God and he disobeyed God. And finally the Lord told him, he said, I have rejected him. Take your horn of oil and go and I'm going to show you who to anoint for the next king. Well, it was David. But the Bible said Samuel cried and prayed all night and day after day. And finally the Lord said, quit. Get up. I told you what to do. Do we have to obey God? No, listen to me. Do we have to obey God? We don't have to. Should we? Yes. But no. Does it make any difference in your life? Now see, this is where people have, you know, developed new doctrines. And when something doesn't happen, people like to just say people don't get healed. They don't prosper. They don't advance. And people try to say, well, you know, the devil's just attacking me and we don't know and God is mysterious in his ways. And they try to imply or actually say everything that has happened or hasn't happened in my life was the predetermined will of God. But to say that, you just got through saying, I have never done anything in my life except the perfect will of God. Therefore, everything that has ever happened or didn't happen was the perfect will of God. No. You do the perfect will of God for your life, you get the perfect will of God for your life. You don't do it, you get out of His will, then you get things that are not His will. Are you with me? Let's finish reading this. Obey them that have the rule over you. Is that always easy? Mm -mm. Submit yourselves. For they watch for your souls. Why should you obey them? Why should you submit to them? So they can be a big shot. So they can glory in being over you. Mm -mm. Not a real leader. If somebody's like that, then you're at the wrong place. He said, they watch for your soul as they that must give account. That they may do it with joy and not with grief. See, I just got through describing some grief that we ministers experience. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Parents, parents, grandparents, you know exactly what I'm talking about. 
There have been times you have seen things crystal clear. They ought to go this way. Not that way. But no. They know too much. Did you hear? And you knew what was coming next. You knew what was coming next. But no, no. They know too much. And it grieves you to watch people just leave blessing and go into cursing. Because it grieves God. But now come back. Why would that be happening to these folk? They didn't obey. Them that had the rule over them. They didn't submit themselves. Who's making them submit? Nobody. Nobody makes you submit. You have to submit yourself. You have to come to God. You have to come to those the Lord tells you to. Submit yourself. Make yourself available. This is every day. Every day. Every day. You show up before the throne. You go, here I am, Lord. Teach me. Correct me. Use me. I submit to you. Oh, are y'all with me, guys? Every day. Every day. Every Because you got flesh to deal with every day. Right? Every day you got flesh. And if you miss it and your mouth off and you don't respond right, that's not the end. You can get it fixed. Can't you? Yeah, you can. You can come before God, put your nose in the carpet, say, Lord, I'm sorry. I yielded to my dumb flesh. God, but that's not my heart. My heart is, you are my Lord. Whatever you say goes. I don't care whether I think I like it or not. I submit to you. I obey you and whoever you say to. That can save you. He said, these leaders, he said, do it. Obey them, submit to them. So that they may do it with joy. Oh, it's joy. Isn't it joy when your children listen to you? Huh? How about God? It's joy to him. I said it's joy to him when his kids listen to him. Oh, it makes him happy. Why? Because he can bless us. He can do what he wants to do. Go with me to two places in closing. Psalm 81 and Isaiah 48. We'll go from one to the other. Are there benefits to submitting? Oh, yeah. Benefits to obeying, including people that God's put over you. You know, the Bible, even talking about people praying for the sick. It said, is any sick among you? Let the elders make sure they check on them. And keep up with them. Now, see, that's what modern churchianity has done with that scripture. And they've turned, you know, they've only emphasized ministers are supposed to be servants. And they haven't talked about any of this. Know them, esteem them highly, obey them. Oh, no, 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 not that. Submit to them. No. Why would he say, let them, whoever sick, let them call. Why? Do you see the principle? Draw near to him. He'll draw near to you. Instead, you see people lay up and get mad. Because somebody didn't know about it. Right? Well, that person is not in a position to receive. They're not showing respect. They're not showing faith. See, people have not understood. Leaders are supposed to be able to help their people. With the anointing that's on their life. I'm not through. Second Corinthians. 
before you see this. Second Corinthians. This won't take long. Besides that, we don't care. Second Corinthians 10. We were just reading this not long ago. Second Corinthians 10 and verse 8. Paul says, by the Spirit of God, verse 7, uh, verse 6. Having a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. What's he talking about? He's talking about he's going to do something? He's going to come into the church and do what? Revenge disobedience. How are you going to do that? Verse 7. Do you look on things after the outward appearance? If any man trusts to himself that he is Christ, let him of himself think this again, that as he's Christ, even so we're Christ. For though I should boast somewhat more of our authority, which the Lord has given us for what? For what? Edification and not for your destruction, I should not be ashamed, that I may not seem as if I would terrify you by letters. Some of his letters, some of the things he said, it shook people up. He said, for they say his letters are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech contemptible. They thought, man, he's like dual personality almost. Me around him, he's not intimidating at all. But man, sometimes he gets to talking and writing and whoo. Scary. Well, only if you're rebellious. Let such a one think this, that such as we are in word by letters, when we're absent, such will we be also indeed when we are present. You know, the end of this, he said, what do you want me to do when I come? You want me to come with a blessing or with a stick? Now, see, most churches do not want their ministers talking like this. They're like, we'll fire you, bud. We'll send you packing. And that's why there's so many dead, dry, lifeless powerless churches because they're not just doing that with men they're doing that to God they've rejected his choice they've rejected his way turn to the 13th chapter of 2 Corinthians you see it again 2 Corinthians 13 now what I wanted you to notice he said God gave me this authority for what for your edification to build you up to help you but now to get the benefit of that wouldn't you have to acknowledge that authority? Acknowledge that plate to get benefit from it. Wouldn't you have to submit to it? Notice this again. Second Corinthians 13. He said. Verse uh, 10. He said, I write these things being absent. Less being present, I should use sharpness. According to the power, now that word means authority, which the Lord has given me to edification and not to destruction. Sharpness? A lot of folk could say, where's your love, brother? <laughs> well, whom the Lord loves, he chastens. Right? Love's not going to just... I mean, a parent that loves their child, they're not just going to let them play in the street because they want to. Right? And if they need to, they're going to jack them up. They're going to speak to them. They're going to speak sharply to them. Boy, I said, get here now. Right? Does that mean you don't love them? 
No. Means they're not listening. They're not paying attention. They're not respecting your place. They should have listened the first time. Right? How many remember Ephesians 6? Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And it's the first commandment with a promise. Oh, are you seeing this? What's the promise? That it may go well with you. And you may live long on this. Well, now, hold up. Whoa, whoa. How does this happen? That it goes well with you. And you live long on the earth. You acknowledge who God put over you. You obey Him. You submit to Him. It's supposed to start when you're this high. Right? And when you operate that way at home, then you got no problem submitting at school to the teachers and to the coaches. And you got no problem submitting at church. You got no problem submitting on the job to your supervisor, to your boss. Because you submit to God. You just know how to submit. You know how to obey. And if you do that, oh, hallelujah. If you do it, then what God put in place to protect you, to build you up, to edify you, to grace you, to help you, that flow is going to be unhindered, unimpeded. Can you see it? Can you say amen? Now go please to Psalm 81. Psalm 81 and Isaiah 48, I believe it is. You know one of the big reasons people don't submit is fear. Fear. And uh, your fears come on you. And the fear keeps you out of the blessing. Can you trust God? That if he tells you to do something, can you trust him? Is he going to hurt you? Or is he going to look out for you? And even if you didn't know all the reasons why, just do what he said. And trust him. And he will take care of you. Even if people mess up, he will take care of you. Psalm 81. It's already been a good day. Did you know that? Psalm 81, verse 10. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I'll fill it. That means he'll satisfy you. But, but, my people would not hearken to my voice. And Israel would none of me. They wouldn't have it. What is that? Oh, it's ugly, stinking, devilish pride. No, I ain't going to do it. No, I don't have to. No, I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah, and it's going to cost you more than you imagine. But my people would not listen to me. So I gave them up to their own heart's lust. And they walked in their own counsels. I let them do what they wanted to do. I let them go the way they wanted to go. Oh, can you hear this? This is what I want you to hear in particular. Verse 13. Who is talking here? God himself. What does he say? Oh... That my people had hearkened to me. Who said this? Can you hear his heart? Can you hear it's grieving him? Because he's the one who's ultimately 
over us? Should we obey him and submit ourselves to him so that it wouldn't be a grief to him being over us, but it'd be a joy to him? Does he watch over our soul? Then everybody in positions under him, they're under shepherds doing part of the same thing. Good ones. And he, uh, he said, oh, that my people had hearkened to me. And Israel had walked in my ways, that they had done it my way. I should assume have subdued their enemies and turned my hand against their adversaries. The haters of the Lord would have submitted themselves to him. That sounds like resist the devil. He'll flee from you. How many remember Proverbs said, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. That means people that don't even like you, for some reason they have to be nice to you. They don't even know why they're doing it. Is there power in submitting to God? Is there power in listening to him and obeying him? Such protection. Such grace. He went on to say, verse 16. Oh, verse 16. Oh, he should have fed them also with the finest of the wheat and with honey out of the rock should I have satisfied you. How many remember Isaiah where he said, if you be willing and obedient, what will happen? You'll eat the good of the, the very next verse says, but if you refuse and rebel, you'll be devoured. That's just as true as the first one. Right? How many want to be willing? What's that next word? What's that next word? Does your flesh always want to be obedient? It rarely wants to be obedient. (laughs) It wants to do what? It wants to do the way it wants to do it, when it wants to do it, and don't say nothing to me about it. Talking about your flesh. Yours. Everybody's flesh is the same way. Can you do anything with it though? Can you do what Paul said? You know, I keep my body under. I bring it into subjection under me. Right? I do. Isaiah 48. I think we're there. Glory to God. Are there benefits to submitting? Why did God... Give us people over us. Same reason he gave parents to children. To love us. To protect us. To help us. Ah. (laughs) It's welling up in my spirit. There have been people. I'm thinking of people right now that are not here. They're not here. So don't try to make it you. (laughs) That I. For the last five years. I've prayed for them. I said Lord. Let me help them. He said, they won't come to you. I said, I know it. I'll go to them. He said, "Uh uh-uh. No, they're disrespecting me. Sometimes he'll let you go to people. How many remember the prodigal son came in? His dad went and brought him in. On that occasion, the elder son wouldn't come in the house. What is that? Standing out there in the yard, mad. And his daddy went out to him. Oh, that's grace. Oh, that's mercy. And sometimes the Lord will let you do that. 
But other times when people know, they know better. They know better. You'd be misrepresenting God to go. And how many understand that the parent is not supposed to submit to the child? Is that right? No. You can admit if you're wrong on something and change it, but that's not submission. Giving in to them. And there have been times I thought, Lord, I see what to do. I know. Yeah, but they won't come. They won't come. And there's been other people. Oh, glory to God. They said, Brother Keith, I'm sorry. Show me this. Help me this. And man, while they're talking, revelation starts coming up. Grace starts coming up. Anointing starts. Why? Because that's why God gave us. We're gifts to you. Did you hear me? Not to lord it over the congregation, but as in samples to the flock. But there is a supply of the Spirit that's through your elders and through your leaders and through your mothers and fathers in the faith to you. If, if you come to them, if you submit, if you humble, then now the door is open. The Bible said with the froward, the Lord shows himself froward. You want to get haughty with him? Ooh, you run up against a wall with him. He doesn't respond well (laughs) to people being haughty with him. Oh, but if you humble yourself, humble yourself, humble yourself in the sight of God. Tell me what comes next. Tell me what comes next. If you'll humble yourself in the sight of God, what happens? He will exalt you he will raise you up he will grace you he will help you notice this Isaiah 48 are there benefits to submitting I know uh, Phyllis has told this many many times publicly so I'm not divulging anything here but you've heard her say how she and I had challenges for several years of our marriage. We had a number of all night. Discussions. <laughs> and there were a few times. When we were about that close. From uh, you know. Not trying to make it work anymore. And. Uh, one of the things. You know when she got filled with the spirit. She told me later. Uh, that the Lord told her. That she's supposed to submit to me. Boy she didn't like it. And it's just the flesh. You know, anything that any man or woman teaches on submission, you got to practice it yourself. In some other area, right? Everything I say about submission applies to me and whoever's over me. And there are. And I'm not just talking. We have submitted. We served others for decades and still do and glad to do it as occasion allows. But... When the breakthrough began to be with us, it's when she began to realize she was afraid to submit. She was afraid she'd lose her freedom and her identity if she submitted to me. And there were times that I so wanted to help her, but I couldn't because there's a wall there. She's not going to do it. And what she didn't realize It wasn't my idea. I didn't come up with that. It wasn't my idea. 
And there were several areas of life that I wanted to help. I wanted to be a strength. I wanted to believe and have wisdom. But it was not, she wasn't open. It wasn't available because she wouldn't give me that place. Oh, but when it broke and when we got past it, oh, I began to be able to help her like I had never been able to before. She began to be able to help me like she had never been able to before. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? There is, why is the devil fight us so much on this stuff? Because this rebellion is a wall between us and our help and our grace and our strength. Isaiah 48, are you there? Isaiah 48. You got any scriptures marked in here? Let's see what goes with them though. Isaiah 48, 16. How's it start? Huh? Who comes to whom? The lesser comes to the greater. Come ye near to me and hear this. I've not spoken in secret from the beginning. From the time that it was, there I am. And now the Lord God and His Spirit has sent me. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God, which teaches you to what? Prophet, which leads you by the way that you should go. That's not the end. What's verse 18 say? Oh! That you had hearkened to my commandments. Then you'd have had peace. Being as a river. That's where we get the song that we sang. Then had your peace been as a river. And your righteousness as the waves of the sea. What's his plan? What was he thinking about? When he told us to submit. What was in his mind? When he told us to obey. And to yield and submit. Prosperity. Profit. Peace. Protection. Oh, can you see it? Can you see it? That's what he had in mind. It's not negative. It's not bad. It's our grace. It's our blessing. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet, please. Oh, thank you, Lord. 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 I want you to forget about people right now. Don't even think about me. Don't think about anybody else. Don't think about your husband, ladies. Don't think about your boss. Don't think about any man or woman that might be over you. Just forget about that right now. And just close your eyes and from your heart, tell God that you are completely willing to submit to Him and to obey Him. Don't even think about people. But right now, begin to lift up your heart. Lift up your voice. Say it out loud, Father God. I am submissive. I submit myself. Spirit. Soul. Mind. Body. Money. Stuff. 
everything under my power. I submit to your control, to your hand, and I say, I will obey. 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 Oh, thank you, Lord. 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 This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.